Hey there, this is Pam Perry, and we are actually live on a bunch of different places today. And uh, we're doing the Speakers Magazine show. And I am so glad that today we have Dr. Simon T. Bailey. We're on Amazon Live, we're on LinkedIn Live, we're on YouTube Live, we're all the way live. You remember that song, All the Way Live? Uh, <laughs> And we're going to be talking about his books. He's got some new books, but these are, this is one of his Release Your Brilliance books from a long time ago. But he always knows that I tell him I love this book the most. This is like one of his first books. So Simon T. Bailey, if you don't know, he is a Hall of Famer speaker. He is, um, he's actually an author of many, many books. And the thing that about Simon T. Bailey, he started with um, Disney. And uh, he he actually found his calling, he said, in Paris. Paris is where he said he had one of his callings. And so I'm going to read you this part of it. This is available on Amazon, but I'm going to read you this part. He has a formal bio. You can go to Simon T. Bailey and read all of that. But I'm going to read from his first book of how Simon T. Bailey really found his voice. He says, I found my voice in Paris. I found my unique ability. For the first time, I realized that I didn't have to sound like anyone else, be like anyone else, mimic anyone else. I stepped on that stage and saw an ocean of 1,000 souls in front of me. And as I began to talk, each sentence became effortless and my confidence level began to rise. In Paris, I discovered the me I had always wanted to be. I embraced the wealth in my spirit, which came as a result of me doing what I am most passionate about. It was during, it was, it was my turning point in my life when I knew that I had to pursue this gift of speaking so that I could inspire 10% of the 7 billion people on the planet to find their passion like me and to live up to their full potential. He knows that's why I love that book. That is Simon T. Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I just that this is like one of your first books, right? This was the first book. Simon says dream. 20 and, years ago. 20, 20 years old. 20 years old. But it's still a classic because I love when people have that turning point in their lives and you can really point to it and it inspires you to do everything else yes. that you want to do. I'm like, this is, this is why we do what we do. This is why we do what we do. So I am, I'm so glad to see you, like to see you, see you, but you have a new book out that yes. I want you to talk about as well. Um, and then go into your backstory. And then also talk about that little viral video that you did on Goldcast as well. Like, like, did that surprise you? It's like well, oh, it's wow. a lot of different things that in your life surprise you. But since we've seen each other, it it has been, well, we saw each other at Delatory's event. Um, and I interviewed Dr. Kimbrough not too long ago. He told me to tell you hello as well. So you guys are all in like the same circle of inspiring the 7 billion people on the planet. So you get 10%, Delatora got 10%, Dr. Kimbrough got 10%. I mean, we just, we just pulling out so that on Speakers Magazine, we're showing people, these are the people that inspire you. If you're down, you just need to pull up some of this, pull out some of their books and watch right. some of their videos. So tell us a little bit about 
the new book first of all. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Secondly, let me say hi to a few people. I already see them in the comments. So hello, Ricky from Texas. Hello, Ellen. Hope you are well. So let's see, what do I say, Pam? The new book is called Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life, A Guide for Men. What? Who, who writes a book? What man in his right mind is going to write a book called Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life? <laughs> right, right. It's like, okay, we are we already know that it's what time it is. Girls run the world, right? Yes. Beyonce talked about that and we got all this stuff going on. But now it's like we want to ignite more power. It's like, are y'all ready for this? Yes, yes. So I wrote the book after going to therapy for a few years going through my divorce. And my therapist, uh, Pam, said to me, whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you. Mm. And it was a huge epiphany and it started me down this whole path. So the whole viral video that you mentioned uh, was Madison uh, came into my home office one day and she said, hey, daddy, I say, what's going on? And I was emotionally unavailable and it hit me on the plane the next day that I missed the moment to connect with her because she left the office. She said, I'll just see you later. And when I came back off the road, her mother said to me, you give everybody the best of you and you give us the rest of you. And I don't want the leftovers anymore. Mm -hmm. And after 25 years of being married, I realized I built a house, but lost a home. Mm -hmm. I was chasing money, uh, chasing another speaking date, but lost the meaning of family. Right. And I was pursuing status and success, but had no significance. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, my crash and burn moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's but, I like the part where you said you were chasing success but not significance. Yes, and um, it, it and that can be the speaker life. I mean, it really can. It could be the speaker life, and I know uh, a lot of speakers, especially the men speakers, they have um, they've got to take care of the family. They feel like I got to take care of the family. I got to provide. I got to be the breadwinner, and they could be gone like fifty-two weeks out of the year. And it's like, where, where are you? You're providing for the family, but we're not the family. So I, I understand that. And, and a lot of women struggle with also being career women, being the super women, um, trying to find balance. You hear women always talk about balance. Very rarely do you hear men talk about balance. That's not a thing for them. Like they know they need it, but they're not going to have a whole conference around. I got to find balance, right? It's like, what, what is that? You know, you got to, they're going to have a conference. It's like, you got to man up and just do it. And um, I really like the fact that you're very uh, vulnerable about that. Just like you were in this book about finding your voice. And uh, also to the whole, the whole brilliant series, release the brilliance, shift the brilliance, um, and and I just really want to just say thank you, you know, because you didn't have to do it. I mean, you have, you know, despite the fact that the marriage is 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 broken now, it can always be fixed, right? It could always be fixed, uh, and I've known people to actually re be remarried. But the fact that you, you your therapist said, hmm. If it does, if you don't deal with it, it'll deal with you. And is that where the book came from to really just really go into that and explain to men what what it is, what you did wrong and how to really avoid that? 
Yes, the book was born out of that experience for people who have gone through divorce, um, people who have gone into debt because of trying to keep up a lifestyle, and even the doubting of will you find love again. And what I realized, I was chasing the speaking business to keep up a lifestyle to impress people who didn't care. And so we had the 6,000 square foot house in the gated community, and we had the Range Rover and the Mercedes Benz, and we took the kids to Singapore and Hong Kong for vacation and stayed at the Four Seasons. But internally, we were coming apart at the seams because outwardly, it looked great. Oh my goodness, 100 dates a year and books and being interviewed and all the accoutrements of success. But what I realized, I needed to come to a place of emotional honesty. And emotional honesty started when I wrote her a letter and said, I'm in this marriage and we're phoning it in. And we have not been working for a number of years, but on stage, we tell everybody, it looks great. And when I really began to face the truth of what I wasn't doing as a husband, so I was uh, hearing, but I was not listening. I had, I had selective hearing instead of authentic listening. I was telling instead of asking, and I was doing, let me provide you all the things that you need to appear successful, send the kids to private school, live in the right zip code, but that's not love. That is not love. And so here I'm showing up on stage, Pam, as a fraud, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my, my therapist, Anita, said, let me just be frank. No man wants to go and sit with a therapist named Anita who's been practicing for 40 years and have more has more degrees than a thermostat. And she said to me, if you really want your business to go to the next level in the speaking world, you're going to have to come clean and deal with your mama issues. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started realizing, oh my goodness, the women in my life, my then wife, mother of my children, my mom, uh, and, and everything that was going on with me, I had to deal with that straight up. Mm, you had to deal with it. And so the name of the book is Ignite the Power of Women in Your Life. A Guide and for Men. A Guide for Men. A Guide for Men. And so this is a whole new new chapter for you, right? Because we've been talking about dreams and brilliance and shining and shifting and vu, not deja vu, but... Uh, Vujade, yeah. Yeah, yeah Vujade. <laughs> you know, and, and all of those things are really inspiring. So when you say coming clean, it, it really um, is going to hit the heart for so many different people a different way, like, oh my God. So give me some of the things that you talk about in the book so that we can kind of get an idea of what can we expect? Because this is brand new for you. It's yeah. brand new. It just came out this year. It just came out like what, April, May? Yeah, so. it just came out a few weeks ago. So the first thing is um, I share a little research. This is the age of the woman. So mm -hmm. what we know to be true in Iceland, Finland, and New Zealand, they are led by female prime ministers. These mm -hmm. female prime ministers have been recognized globally for leading over the last couple of years in a phenomenal way right? Second piece of research, according to McKinsey, is businesses that have women in the executive suite. Those businesses are 25% more profitable. What? So that's right. So what I'm extrapolating in the book is that any company, country, or community that is going to be worth its salt in the next decade and beyond must do right by women. 
Why? Mm. Women have a bigger brain than men, not taking anything away from uh, men at all, but women have a bigger brain. Number two, women have intuition that sometimes men don't have. Women problem solve differently. So men, sometimes we're very linear. Women have a 360 degree view of a problem and how to solve it. Third thing is if companies and communities and individuals want true innovation and true breakthrough, you give a woman a sentence of a problem and she will give you a paragraph of a solution because of how she's wired. So when you understand how to ignite the power of a woman, it's kind of counterintuitive. You actually ignite yourself because you understand how to leverage the brilliance of a woman. Leverage the brilliance of a woman. And and that is that's amazing because it's it's a you know i was talking to a friend a while ago and they were saying that a long time ago um you know in a in another era that it was very a matriarchal society and in some countries it still is but primarily like on the motherland it was matriarchal and then then it became the opposite and not saying that's where all the problems came or whatever but it's just funny that you would say that the companies that are led by women are doing 25% more, right? Those are those are big companies that are, are doing that. And, and so I like the fact that this is a shift type of a book where it's getting people to think differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said about releasing the brilliance of the women. So I wanted, I have this, this card right here. This is very, very old. It says on sale in 2007. You see that I'm a book person. I just saw everything, right? It's like, really? Did you have to save the postcard? It was bad enough you saved the book, but then you also got the postcard that yeah. says coming in 2007. Um, and then it says special DVD inside, right? I was on the hunt the other day trying to figure out how to play a DVD. None of my computers have DVD players. Or we don't. Have, I was like, who, how do you play the D? I got to get these all transferred. I got to look for it online. So this right here, tell us about the series, the, the brilliant series, because that's like always your, your main peg of what you talk about of releasing the brilliance and what that means to you personally, because you use that a lot and you've been using it obviously before 2007. So this is is your word. So tell us what that really means. So release your brilliance is with the understanding a job is what you're paid to do, but release your brilliance is what you're made to do. Mm. And it's based on some of the research of Dr. Howard Gardner, professor of education at Harvard. He and his team of researchers did a study over a 20 plus year period. And what they discovered is that children up until the age of four are operating at the genius level. The same group of children were studied in their early 20s and only 10% um, were still operating at the genius or what I call the brilliance level. And in their late 20s, early 30s, only 2% were still operating at the genius or brilliance level. So the question you have is where did the genius or brilliance go? It didn't go anywhere, but it became buried by a society that says color within the lines, Mm. sit down, give it back, you can't do this. And so the more you continue to hear what you can't do, where you can't go and who you can't become, there's a neurological path that's creating the brain that shuts you down. So brilliance is released in an environment where you're celebrated rather than tolerated. Brilliance is is showing up to understand here's my swim lane. So I'm not here to compete against you. I'm here to complete you. And when you're in your brilliance, you're in flow instead of frustration. So every single day that a person is doing what brilliantly makes them come alive, they have moving from just living to loving. 
Oh, I love that. And that's what you talk about, uh, live a passionate life. When you have the passion, yes. it's easy. It's not draining your energy. It is um, revealing the the genius to the world. And, and so many times I, I see that uh, you had like a little a blurb on here of Mark Victor Hansen, the co-author of Chicken Sip with the Soul. It says, release your brilliance will inspire you to be, do, and have all you desire. And, you know, even though, you know, the, the book that you have now really talks about being authentic and, and those type of things. I still think that all of your books, when you read them, especially this one here about stealing dream, especially in the times that we're in, can pick a person up if they are what I call vibrating at a low level mm. and they just read something from you, like awaken the lion within you and start mm. reading that, they will, it, it really does ignite that or transform you. And, uh, you know, you have so many different stories in here. Um, like you said, you, you talked about Gordon Dalby, the, the gr uh, graduate of Duke and Harvard University tells a story about a man who had a terrifying re reoccurring dream. And, uh, you know, the man's nightmare was a ferocious lion kept chasing him until he dropped exhausted and awoke screaming. And, and basically, it's kind of like what you talked about that this man eventually talked about how his frightening dreams, assuming the lion represented something fearful. But his friend suggested was per perhaps it symbolized something else. So kind of tell us a little bit about awakening the lion within uh, in, in this particular moment, if you kind of remember that, because um, he had this reoccurring dream all the time. And uh, he finally turned around and he says, who are you and what do you want? Yeah. So awakening the lion is really understanding what you want wants you. And sometimes the very thing that you're running away from is the thing you have to run to for who you become in the process. And it's in the process that you create the breakthrough for yourself because it's totally opposite of anything that you would have done. So the whole story of Gordon Dalby is the guy goes and he realizes what the counselor says. So he turns and faces the lion and says to the lion, who are you? Why are you chasing me? And the lion says, I'm your strength and courage. Why are you running from me? Yes. That's the part. That part right there. I was like, that's the part that I want so many people to understand. And those are the stories that you have within all your books. You're a great storyteller. Uh, the, the thing that you did before the Hall of Fame speaker and uh, you were doing other things. Um, tell them a little bit about some of the things and how I always say God doesn't waste anything. But tell us how it led to that defining moment in Paris where you found your voice. Yeah, I was uh, at Disney and I had just given up my title as sales director to take a lesser role at the Disney Institute. And they sent me over to Paris to teach a thousand leaders out of Barclays Bank out of London, um, Disney's leadership principles. And Lion King had just come out. So I'm there on stage in Paris and I said, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become, which is the line from Lion King, right? And people came up to me after and they're like, oh my goodness, like we had goosebumps the entire time you were talking and it was not from the air condition. And I went back to my hotel room that night in Paris and I asked myself three questions. What would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? Mm -hmm. What would I do if no one paid me to do it? what makes me come alive? And that third question is from Howard Thurman. Thank you, Dr. Dennis Kembro for sharing this with me. And Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive. And Pam, when I answered those three questions, I said, I wanna speak, write, train, consult, and coach. 
And I would do it for the rest of my life if no one paid me to do it. So that epiphany in Paris launched me into speaking. I came back from Paris to Florida and I said, okay, my days are numbered here at Disney. I don't know when, but I'm going to create an exit strategy to leave the happiest place on earth. Wow. That, you know, you I've heard you say that before and it's really amazing because most people say well the epitome is to really just work for disney right that's like the happiest place on earth but you actually gave up a lesser role right you were really doing this whole being true to your soul being true to yourself of, of what it is that you your purpose was so you take a role that was in sales to do this other thing you find it in paris and then at this point it's like hey i'm going to do this whole speaking thing yeah. speaking training coaching so who are your role models? I know we mentioned uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, but who were some of your other role models? I think one of the first books, it was uh, My Corona. Mark Sharona, not Corona. Corona yeah. is something else. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to say Mark Sharona, not Corona. Sorry <laughs> about that, Mark. <laughs> Probably the person that I don't talk about enough, and he is no longer with us, uh, is Dr. Miles Monroe. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, really spoken to my life in a powerful way. Uh, Keith Harrell, a phenomenal yes, speaker. I love him too. He was a connector as well. He wrote a book about networking and connecting as well. Yes. I love yes. both of them. They're not with us anymore. They're not but with I us remember, anymore. I remember, and, and you know, speakers too. When you see speakers for the very first time, it's kind of like when they see you, they get chill bumps or they get goosebumps. It's like, wow, it was the same thing when I heard Keith Harrell and yeah. Dr. Miles Moore was a client of mine. And obviously he could speak in churches and in corporate. So yeah. I can see how that could be a mentor of yours because it's like, I'm not really a preacher preacher, but I could do the corporate thing. And I can see how Dr. Miles so really inspired you. And he was a prolific writer as well. Prolific. Yeah. prolific. And whole court. I mean, yes. you ask them one question and it can go on for hours and you're not <laughs> bored. It's like, really keep going. We got, four, we got four more hours. <laughs> and they leave their dent in the universe. I mean, there is nothing. They talk about a legacy. I mean, so many people I know have been impacted by his um, his life. Yes. And, and I can see how that. And, he, and you're in Florida. And he was in Nassau. Though, so, you know, you probably got that little tropical thing going on. Yeah. Well, uh, and George Frazier. Um, I was going to say Dr. George Frazier, uh, obviously Dr. Kimbrough, Les Brown, Willie Jolly, yeah. all of these individuals. Uh, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, which a lot of people don't know, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, at least he's in uh, Harare, Zimbabwe, but a global mm -hmm. thinker, absolutely mm -hmm. an amazing person. That is it. And so a lot of people call you a thought leader. Um, and I always say, if you're a thought leader, you know, you're leading with thoughts, right? So what is like the the main thing, I guess you want people to really know that, that you're like a, you think about a lot. That's this, this is your main thing that you always think about. You're a thought leader. You're always leading this, like give you an example. Miles Monroe would always talk about purpose. Yes. Right? He'd be stuck in Genesis talking about purpose, right? <laughs> it's, it's so, we got it. Okay. We got it. So what is, what is your, what is your main thing? Very, very simply put, I spark talent to lead companies, countries, and communities brilliantly. That's what I do. And I equip people with tips, tools, and techniques to spark brilliance. And I will do that until I take my last breath. Um, the last thing that I would say around this point, what I've discovered in 20 years of being in the professional speaking business is that I'm not paid to speak. I'm paid to think. 
And mm. that is the difference. When you are paid to think, you don't chase money, money chases you. Oh, I love that. And you talk about Spark, Spark TV. That is something that I want people to know that you do as well and, and how they can find it or what it's about. And it just started, it just started this year? Or just started yeah, just, just started a few months ago. Okay. Uh, so it's on Black News Channel and we have, we're talking to a few other networks uh, to carry the show, but it's just 30 minutes every Saturday and Sunday, okay. uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I just share how do you find that spark no matter where you are in life. And you can get on BNC Go and uh, we will be announcing pretty soon some other places that you can experience it. I love that. I love that. Um, I see that Ricky, she's she's really smiling there. She was in Ellen says, wow, yes, as well. So thank you guys for tuning in. This is actually Speakers Magazine show is actually it's a podcast, obviously, so you can listen to it. But it's also on Roku. And it is definitely, you can see it on YouTube and you're seeing it live as you see the people over there over on LinkedIn. I love the LinkedIn live folks, but also on Amazon. If you go on Amazon, you can click the buttons and buy all of Dr. Simon T. Bailey's books. So just click in and get them the Spark book, the Brilliance books, the Dream books, uh, and obviously the new book as well. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today. I love your bright background, the, the bright yellow there. That's like, it's just shining, just like you shine as well. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to make sure that people can follow you and get, you know, know your, your calendar and that kind of thing so that they can know where to go to simontbailey.com. That is perfectly branded to your name. Uh, that's that's what it's been probably for twenty years. Twenty years. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's kind of like almost before the internet, basically. <laughs> it's like Google and Simon T. Bailey around the same time. Okay, that's like that's like that. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today. And um, you know, Speakers Magazine. I definitely want to see you in the issue soon. All of your buddies were in there. You were saying that. So definitely want to have you in there soon as well. But I wanted to have you on the show to talk about your new books as well. All right. Thank you, Thank you so much. All righty. So this is Pam Perry and um, we are done with our, our show. Make sure you subscribe. Go to speakersmagazine.com, download all the issues. But thank you all so much for joining us today over there in LinkedIn Live, YouTube, and everywhere else where we are on, on Roku. So with that, 